This is Shifting Our Schools episode 109, Building Relationships with Students Through Technology. I guess I would describe my classroom as kind of relaxed. I mean, Chris has been in there. I don't have these like really strong and fast, hard rules. Like I know at Libby, like our school rules, like you're tardy if you're not in your seat when the bell rings. And some teachers are very strict with that. Like if you're not ready to go, like unexcused tardy. And I'm just, I don't know. I'm more relaxed. I think kids feel more comfortable. Um, I try to decorate my classroom to not look so much like a classroom. Oh, cool. Um, So last year, you know, we had, I had brown paper that looked like wood planking on the walls. And this year I have white, I had to move classrooms. Um, and, but it's, you know, three walls are covered in wood and I have a couch and other seating and pillows and, um, a stand-up desk and just anything to kind of make them more comfortable in the space while I have them. Listen up, educators. Are you looking to take your classroom to the next level? The technological shift in education is happening right now. If you're looking to integrate technology into your classroom, you're in the right place. Welcome to Shifting Our Schools with your host, Jeff Udick. Welcome back to another episode of Shifting Our Schools. Thank you for listening and subscribing to us in your favorite podcast player. If you aren't subscribed, you can do that now by just searching Shifting Our Schools anywhere on Google or in your favorite podcast player, and you should find us there. If you don't, let me know, and I'll make sure that we get there. We really do appreciate all of you who continue to spread the word about Shifting Our Schools. We'd love to hear your thoughts on different episodes, and you can do that by tweeting us using the hashtag SOSpodcast or use the hashtag SOSpodcast. Let us know where you listen to podcasts. Where do you like to listen to podcasts? I ran into a listener recently who has about an hour commute to school and uses that time to listen to Shifting Our Schools along with other educational podcasts. What a great use of time. And she really talked about how it helps her prepare every morning for the work that she does with her students. Just a reminder, we are giving away a Flipgrid pop-up recording tent for your classroom or school between now and the end of February. If you want to check out that tent, there is a video over on our Flipgrid where you can see it for yourself. Just go to sospodcast.org and click on Flipgrid at the top. How do you win this tent, you ask? All you have to do is leave us your Flipgrid response by going to sospodcast.org and clicking on Flipgrid at the top, and there you will be able to log in and leave your response to this week's question or using the Flipgrid code SOS podcast in the Flipgrid app. So if you download the Flipgrid app to your phone, enter the code SOS podcast, you can record directly from your phone. We will also be using your responses in upcoming episodes of Shifting Our Schools as well so that we all continue to learn from each other. Also, I was finally able to get back control of the email that I set up for this podcast back in 2006. After 2007, we went on this hiatus up until about a year ago, and uh, I've been trying to get back into the email, couldn't remember the password, of course. The phone number that was associated with it was from when I lived in Shanghai, so that didn't work, but I finally managed to get in. So you can now email us your questions, ideas, things you'd like us to hear as well over at sospodcast at gmail.com. That's sospodcast at gmail.com. So feel free to reach out to us there if you'd like to be on the show, if you have questions or comments, uh, or things you'd like us to talk about and cover. Uh, That's a great place to get a hold of Chris Butler and I over at sospodcast at gmail.com. Each week, we ask a question based on that week's episode for you to ponder about and then leave your responses on our Flipgrid. Every response you leave enters you to win that Flipgrid pop-up tent between now and the end of February. So here's this week's question. 
What have you found works with this generation in building those critical relationships with them? We know that relationships with student is the number one thing that us teachers need to constantly be working on. That it's that relationship between us and the students that allows students to be open to learning in our classrooms. So the question is, what have you found works with this generation in building those critical relationships with them? Again, just record your answer to that question over on our Flipgrid to enter your chance to win a Flipgrid pop-up tent or send us a message at sospodcast at gmail.com. This is how we all grow by sharing and learning from each other. This week, Chris Butler and I have a chat with Casey, a middle school teacher who has students wanting to interact with her even on snow days. A great reminder on the power of technology to help us connect with each other and our students. I hope you enjoy. And with that, on with the show. All right, welcome back to another episode of Shifting Our Schools. Uh, great to be back here with uh, Casey from the Richland School District. So that'll be awesome. We'll get to talk to her in just a little bit. But first and foremost, my co-host Chris Butler is back. A day in the life of the tech coach Chris Butler continues. How'd your day go today, Chris? Day was good today. Um, it was another mostly office day, um, just doing some planning, being, being of the second semesters coming up. So doing some planning for that, for training sessions and that sort of thing. But it was, my office is in the district office and we have our boardroom there and there was a training um, going on for a bunch of the new teachers. So got to poke my head in there and hang out with them a little bit and say hi and see how they were doing. So that was kind of cool. Um, Got to get your get your name and face in front of people. Yeah, yeah, and a bunch of I I had met before, as but it was just kind of cool to touch base with them and yeah. just check in and see how everything was going. So yeah. it was an office day for me today as well. I made a couple of videos for an upcoming training I'm doing down in Enum Class School District, yeah. and uh, so I had to make these videos of showing teachers, you know, how to use Wee Video and how to make a slide animation with Google Slides and just some how-to videos. And the problem is, they take so long to render. Oh, right. I I make the video and then it's like, okay, make a video. And then it's like, you've got 45 minutes. And so then you're sitting here like, what do I do for 45 minutes? You can't touch your computer because the computer (laughs) will crash. Exactly. It's just like multitasking with something else to have to do something else. It's crazy. But (laughs) I got those done today. So I'm feeling good. good. Well, Casey, thank you so much for joining us this evening. Appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule. Uh, Why don't you let our listeners know kind of uh, where you are from and your journey into education? Yeah, thank you. So thank you for having me, first of all. Um, so I actually grew up in a tiny town called Royal City, Washington. Oh, yeah. Middle of nowhere, <laughs> yeah. And um, when I graduated, I went to Central Washington University, and I actually got an undergrad degree in IT. Um, nice. But, you know, it's one of those when you graduate, you're, you think you're going to have all these job opportunities and <laughs> nothing. And so um, I want to say, like, a about nine nine years ago actually I joined the Richland School District as a secretary in the okay. teaching and learning department cool. and um, you know I primarily handle at the time uh, like clock hours processing clock hours for teachers um, that kind of morphed into handling all the trainings for teachers and like setting those up in principles um, I handled online accounts for like our read 180 classes um, met Chris Butler that way <laughs> and, and, uh, yeah, I've worked in that job for like six years and I was like, what am I doing with my life? Like, 
I mean, I love this. I love being in an education. I love English. I love writing. My best friend is an author. And so, and I was getting out into classrooms more and working with our, um, our admin really at the district level talking about the why for our vision for technology. And Chris was with me when we were writing our mission statement for that. And, um, all of this stuff together, I was like, wow, maybe I should be a teacher. Let's just combine all these things I love into one. So I went and got my master's in teaching. If only there was a job that would let me do right, all what of could this, I do? right? right what, can I, what can I do? So I kind of combined all of those things and cool. um, got my master's from GCU and then did my student teaching at Richland High, which was amazing. Very cool. Yeah. And now I'm at Libby Middle School for the second year. Awesome. Yeah. Teaching sixth and seventh graders. So cool. I love everybody's story. Everybody has different stories of ways they've gotten. I mean, I've had airplane pilots who decided to become teachers. Like it's just amazing people, the different path people get into this profession. Uh, So I, I I guess you have an embarrassing story about how we first met. I don't remember. (laughs) So I apologize. I do. No, absolutely. I didn't, I didn't expect you to remember this at all. Um, So I can't even remember the year, but probably it was very early on with my job at Richland School District. You were coming to speak at what used to be the RTI PLC conference. Okay. And it was for our whole district staff in the auditorium at Richland High. And the secretary who was over that asked me to start this looped presentation. And so as they came in, they knew what the Wi-Fi password was and all this information for, you know, our whole, all educators, right? Right for our school district. And I get in there, I'm like, okay, she has it all ready. I plug it in and it won't loop. (laughs) And having an IT degree, right? (laughs) Microsoft PowerPoint, like should be super easy to figure out. And we just upgraded versions, whatever the old was to the new, I couldn't figure out. And I'm like, well, there's this dude in the front seat. (laughs) He looks like he knows what he's doing. Yeah, so like, hey, do you know technology? happened to be you, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm like, okay, can you help me? You figure it out. You also struggled though. So maybe. Yeah, probably. I... And then I think I asked you like, hey, what school are you from? And you're like, I'm Jeff Udick. And I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I was like, I literally have been communicating with you via email because yeah. you sent your contract to me. <laughs> yeah. And just didn't put so, a face to the name. Yeah. Well, there it is. Yeah, Hello, you're saying. Yeah. You'd be surprised though how many times that has happened yeah. where I, I am ready to go on stage and you know, usually school districts have much like that, some kind of presentation before you go on that has the Wi-Fi password, lunches at this time, the schedule. Mm-hmm. And for some reason it doesn't start, PowerPoint crashes, right. something happens. I end up going up there and be like, well, we click here, here, here. And I just can't stand it because I hate to watch people struggle. I'm like, oh, it's just, it's right there. It's right there. And I do remember struggling. I remember going like, because I don't use PowerPoint a lot. I know it can be done. I kind of am familiar enough. But I remember sitting there going like, this shouldn't be this difficult. There should just be a <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's cool. Well, it's, well, it was nice to meet you. It's good to have you back. <laughs> it's good to have you back. Well, I want to talk a little bit about, uh, there's some things that you wrote down here in the notes that I just, I think are, are so impactful for people to, um, to hear your stories and talk about some of your experiences. And I wanted to start with, uh, we were just talking before we started recording that snow is on its way again here yeah. in the state of Washington. And yeah. you were talking about some, uh, about this idea of building strong relationships and how you were able to use that last year doing, during our snow days. Can you kind of go into kind of what came out of that? That sounds like such a cool story. Yeah, absolutely. So um, primarily, so last year I taught four sections of sixth grade English 
and um, we use the Summit Learning Platform for that. So it's great. It's a you know it has curriculum built into it. It has mentoring built into it, and it has um, you know 16 habits of success that the students focus on, all tied up in this nice little bow. Um, so that was great. I mentored those kids extensively, and then I also taught one section of seventh grade Washington State history in Canvas. And so there wasn't this dedicated mentoring time. And I did find it to be more of a struggle to connect with those kids when I didn't have the purposeful built-in mentoring time with them. Hmm. And so, I mean, I did what I could all yeah. the way, you know, the whole beginning of the year. And then the snow hit us really hard about this time last year. Yeah. And I was like, okay, how can I try to entertain the kids but have learning involved? And I had a couple of students actually emailing me and they're like, I want to go back to school because we had a full week of snow days. Yeah. And so I'm like, well, let's just play Quizlet live, like at home. You know, I got 27 students. Let's see how many want to spend their evening, you know, 7 p.m. playing Quizlet live. And I figured maybe five of them would join in. We yeah. had 22 kids. Holy cow. And great. it, it was really cool. And then we did that for an hour. And, and was, how did you reach out to them? Does like, was this through Canvas? Did you just email everybody say, we're going to play Quizlet live at seven o'clock or? Yeah, I just sent out a Canvas announcement and okay. we just, we played. And some kids, their device died because they were <laughs> at grandma's house or whatever. And so they were getting on cell phones and like logging back in Perfect. and sending messages yeah. saying, I'm ready, add me back in. Like, <laughs> And then I got a bunch of emails from them afterward and we're like, can we do this again tomorrow? Wow. Like, during their, during their snow days. During their snow days. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Awesome. So we did it again and then they wanted to do it again the third day. And so, um, a teacher down the hall for me actually only taught one section of Washington state history like myself. And so she was like, I want in on this action. <laughs> cool. So her class joined in and she had about 20 students. We had almost 50 kids. Wow at home on a snow day playing Quizlet live. Awesome. I thought yeah. that was pretty cool. And what do you think helped bring that together? Like now that you've had a, a pretty close to a year now to reflect on yeah. it. I mean, that idea of, of setting up those, I mean, there's gotta be a relationship beforehand. Mm -hmm. There has to be something special about your classroom that during snow days, kids are also yeah. emailing you saying, I want to go back to school. That doesn't happen normally. <laughs> So what are, as you kind of reflect, what are some of those things, what are some of those structures in your classroom to like build those relationships with those kiddos? I don't know. I guess I, I, I guess I would describe my classroom as kind of relaxed. I mean, Chris has been in there. I don't have these like really strong and fast, hard rules. Like I know at Libby, like our school rules, like you're tardy if you're not in your seat when the bell rings and some teachers are very strict with that. Like if you're not ready to go, like unexcused tardy. And I'm just, yeah. I don't know. I'm more relaxed. I think kids feel more comfortable um, I try to decorate my classroom to not look so much like a classroom. Oh, cool. Um, so last year, you know, we had, I had brown paper that looked like wood planking on the walls. And this year I have white, I had to move classrooms. Um, and, but it's, you know, three walls are covered in wood and I have a couch and other seating and pillows and, um, a stand-up desk and just anything to kind of make them more comfortable in the space while I have them, um, I think contributes to it. Yeah. And, we kind of built in this relationship of having these little competitions with Quizlet Live. So I think that they were kind of missing that anyways. Okay. And just that interaction. So yeah. And it was already a program they knew. They'd already known how to use it. You'd used it in class. So yeah. very 
low bar, like you don't need a lot of tech help help at home uh, in order to to continue learning during snow days. The other thing that I think is really interesting to bring up is this is why whenever I'm talking with teachers when they're going one-to-one or in a tech-heavy classroom is you've got to have a home base. For you, that's Canvas or it can be Google Classroom, it doesn't matter, but you need to have that so that when times like that happen, being able to push an announcement out and know that every kid is going to get it, whether every kid comes to the live session, but you have to have some way that's already established before the crisis hits, Yeah. right? Like if you try to, if you try to start your Canvas course the day before snow days, <laughs> yeah. it's not gonna work. And that's part of that just routine mm-hmm. that we have to think about now in classrooms as we head into 2020 is that there's your physical classroom and your digital space, your, this digital classroom, but you have to have that set up so that moments like this can happen. So you can get those announcements out and, and students are, are just used to, this is the way that, that we work in 2020, which it is, this is the way we work in 2020, um, whether you're in the school or, or in, a, in a business. And, and I, I think it's so important to point out that the way we work in 2020 and the kids all have computers in their hands, they have devices in their hands, we're quote unquote breaking down the four walls of the classroom, right? Learning can happen anywhere, anytime. And this is just one great example of that. Um, but there's also, and having known Casey for a long time and been in her class and seen how her kids respond to the way it feels in her classroom, the way it the way they feel, the way she makes them feel comfortable and it makes learning fun, that learning, having devices in the hands absolutely can allow us to break down the four walls. But if they don't want to learn, if they don't want to, if you don't have that connection, which you do, if you don't have those relationships like we always talk about, then they're not going to want to do that. So that's crazy important, that relationship piece that you build with those kids. Are cell phones allowed in your classroom? Um, no, only because that is a school rule. I try to follow. Um, occasionally if we're working on a project and a kid is, you know, working on a personal narrative and they're creating a collage and they need a picture off their phone, I'll let them go get it, come in, do their business, go put it away. But that's that's like the one school rule I definitely try to follow. Yeah. So what's your take on that, Jeff? Um, I, when I, when we were first going one-to-one and we didn't have we weren't full one-to-one, so we, not all the kids had devices. Is we had kind of a BYOD model also, a bring-your-own-device. Um, so I allowed and encouraged kids to have their cell phones and be able to use them for research or projects or that sort of thing in addition yeah. to the laptops that we had available. But yeah. I think a lot of classes now that there are schools that are going one-to-one and the kids do have devices, they're kind of saying, we don't need the phones now because we have the devices. Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, I'd like to hear Casey's take on this as well. Um, Cause you just, I mean, I just hearing you talk, I asked you that question. Cause I was like, if it wasn't a school rule, you would have said, of course I do. Yeah. Cause I don't think it would be a big thing for your classroom. Like I don't think you would have any phone management issues or, and I understand it's a school rule and, and it is what it is. Yeah. But, no, you're the kind of teacher that would be just like, well, of course there's phones in the classroom. Duh. They're not that big of a deal. Exactly. And that's when I was at Richland High, um, the high school at the time was not one-to-one yet. There was just the carts in certain classrooms. And so it was really hard for me to get to them. Um, Being a student teacher, not doing the process of which spreadsheet to put my name in on what day to get it. And then if you need them for a few extra days, another teacher might be signed up for the cart. So you can't. And so the students use their um, cell phones a lot. And to not only type papers, but a lot of them use the voice to text feature on their phone into a Google Doc that they then yeah. edited later when we did have the carts. 
And so it was really helpful and I didn't find it as distracting. And maybe that's because they've had had their phones for a few years mm -hmm. and these middle schoolers in sixth grade or seventh grade are just getting their phone and it's so brand new. It's, you know, burning a hole in their pocket and they just have to do something. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I think if you build that into your classroom routine, that it wouldn't be that big. And I think there's also something else with that is when you, when you are older and you've had your phone for a while, you're trying to find ways of how, how can this device support me? And when you aren't one-to-one -one and I still need to type a paper, I'll type it on my phone. Like the first time I walked into a classroom and I was in a school that was one-to-one -one and kids were still allowed to have cell phones. And I walked in like, this was a mind blowing moment for me. Like it showed my age big time. Cause I walk in and the kid is typing his, he's got this phone sideways and he's typing the, the paper on his phone and his research is on his laptop. Now I, I was just like, what are you doing? He's like, well, I can type so much faster this way. And I'm like, it just, cause that's not my world. My world is my research is on my phone and I will type on a computer because that's how I grew up and that's how I work best, which is why to your question, Chris, I don't know why we're blocking them. I don't yeah. know why we're, we're, why has education decided we're going to die on the hill of the cell phone? And not every school has. And here's what I have found. I have not found a school yet that has been able to ban cell phones and be able to show me that there isn't some reason, for example, Casey's reason of like, oh, you've got that picture on your phone, go get that phone. Right. It's, it's another device. Like I worked in the office all day today. I have a computer and a phone with me and my phone is doing some of the work and my computer is doing some of the work. Now in sixth, seventh and eighth grade, do we need to teach kids how to learn with that device? Absolutely. And that's the problem is we just say, well, they're only doing social media. They're only because that's all they've been taught or that's all they know how to do from each other. Nobody's taught them how to learn where by the time they're in high school, they've had to figure it out or they haven't. There are still plenty of distractions or in your kids, your kids weren't in high school, weren't one-to-one. -one, and they're like, I've got this powerful device that I can talk to and we'll type my paper. I'll just do that. You could teach that to a sixth grader and that would blow their mind as well, right? And yeah. understanding that these tools are there. And I, I keep saying like, because this comes up all the time when I'm working with school districts. And right now, I keep relating the, the cell phone to where we were with calculators in the 80s, right? Like the calculator came out and it was like, we got to keep them out of the classroom. You know, what happens if you don't have one on you? And then we made them solar paneled. <laughs> and it was like, okay, well now we don't have to worry about the battery run out, but maybe you won't ever have one on you. So then we turned them into a watch. If you remember the watch, they had the little <laughs> keypad on it. And all of a sudden, all along, education is saying, stay away from the calculator, stay away from the calculator, stay away from the calculator. And then at some point, and I don't know when this happened, at some point, somebody said, well, I want every kid to buy a $130 calculator to come to class. Mm -hmm. Right? And I don't know why that happened. And now we just accept the fact that everybody could have access to a calculator the moment they needed to do high level math or math problems. I think we're in that same spot with cell phones. I think we're in this battle of don't bring them to class. They're a distraction. We're not sure what we're doing with them. And all of a sudden one day we're all going to turn around like, why did we, what were we doing? Like, look at the power this thing has in taking photos of your homework, bringing photos from home for a project, being able to talk to your, your paper into your device. It's just, it's, it's the right tool for those type of jobs. You know? Well, and there was actually today, it was kind of funny because in between one of our classes, there was a girl on her phone in the hallway, which you can't do, right? And she's kind of like moving behind me and kind of hiding herself. And I was like, what are you doing? She goes, I have to give a science presentation soon. And I forgot my note cards. I got to get them off my phone. <laughs> and then she ran out of time. She was going to be tardy and she's a very studious girl. She's like, oh man, I guess I just can't present today. 
And I was like, well, if they're just on your phone, like, yeah, why can't you yeah. stand and read them off your phone? And use it, yeah, use that use as your notes. Yeah, yeah. Is there a digital note card. I don't yeah, know. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's what it's a lot of that's a lot of presenters presentations do. do that. Yeah, absolutely. That's right. Yeah. Uh, no, that's a perfect example, right? And yeah. if you have that tool and you're like, we're using this tool for a purpose and you've been taught the purpose, right? And I think that's a lot of it is we haven't taught the purpose. Yeah. And so it becomes a distraction. And we just assume kids know and they don't. We assume that a lot with technology. And we just know kids don't know how to learn with technology until they're taught how to learn with technology. And that yeah, and that's a conversation I have with teachers a lot. And you know, we need to teach them how to do it. And we need to teach them like when I had the phones in my class. They had devices also probably most of the time, but I said like, Hey, in here phones, it's a tool. It's not a toy, yeah. you know, and just, and that was high school kids, but they need yeah. to be taught. Yeah. 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 It's a powerful tool powerful. if you know how to use it. Yeah. I mean, I have plenty of, plenty of people, regardless of age, that have a very powerful <laughs> tool in their pocket and don't know how to use it. <laughs> right? We all, we all have those. Uh, Casey, let's talk a little bit about this uh, problem or project-based learning that you have going on in your classroom too. Um, some of the things you wrote here in the, in, in the notes is you're looking at doing this really cool uh, trial with the outsiders. Can you kind of talk about what, what you kind of have planned with that? That looks like a cool project. Yeah. yeah so it actually, it, it is really cool, I think. And so we actually just um, had our presentation yesterday, our event. So I can tell you about that. So um, I teach seventh grade English with one other teacher and um, we're just getting ready to start the outsiders. And um, as we read this novel, kids have, uh, one of three characters that they have to track throughout and their personality and how they've changed. And then they ultimately have to determine whether they are guilty or innocent and how they have to um, defend them with evidence from the book. And they have to write uh, trial briefs and we're going to put on a mock trial. And so um, to kind of bring that real world connection, if you will, into the classroom, we had, um, we're lucky enough to have two teachers on staff who are both married to lawyers. Oh, wow. That's perfect. So, yeah, it was perfect. And so they took um, two hours out of their day yesterday and came in and presented to um, about 150, 160 kids who are in the summit program for seventh grade. And, you know, they just had a PowerPoint of really funny information of how to persuade a jury and a judge and everybody, you know, showing them visuals and, you know, the art of persuasion, if you yeah, will. Yeah. And then um, we did some improv because my co-teacher, my partner teacher is also the drama teacher. Oh, cool. So she was able to give them a scenario of like, Mrs. Presnell just created a rule for her classroom that no white shoes are allowed. <laughs> And there happened to be kids in the room with, you know, white tennis shoes on. And so we brought them up on stage and had a prosecutor and a defense attorney wow. and, you know, put them on the spot to defend or um, their choice of white shoes, their yeah. choice of white <laughs> shoes or not. And then um, it was great. The kids really responded to that. And then um, we also put into play the, the school rule of no gum, mm -hmm. you know, what are the pros and cons of gum in the classroom? So there wasn't actually... Um, someone on trial, but they were arguing a rule, and mm. um, we got our assistant principal to join in. Oh, very um, cool. awesome! So that was really cool. And then um, we just opened the floor. We actually we prepared questions ahead of time and not give a mic to any middle schooler, but we prepared <laughs> questions ahead of time that they got to ask also. And so it really opened their eyes. I know I do have a few students who hope to be lawyers someday, and then. Um, we started reading the novel today, which I've read it three times today yeah. so to read to them. Yeah. And uh, so my voice is a little rough, but 
um, they're so excited. Yeah. They're just yeah, yeah, you primed it perfectly. Yeah. I mean, how who wouldn't be excited to dive in after that kind of prime? And a couple of things I love that you're talking about is the resources that we have around us that sometimes I think we overlook. Mm-hmm. You know, you were just like, we just happen to have two teachers who are married to lawyers. I wonder how many people in schools all over the world have people like, oh, I wish there was an engineer I know. Did you put out an email? I'm sure somebody knows somebody who's an engineer. Like you want to bring that person into your classroom. You know, there's those, those resources that are one connection away that you can bring into your classroom to have these incredible experiences. And I'm, I know that the lawyers give their time, but did they seem like they enjoyed themselves coming down and being able to share their craft with kids? Oh, absolutely. Especially when they got to tell stories of their most interesting cases, you know, yeah. they lit up and in their presentation, you know, they put video clips from like Saturday night live. Yeah. And there were some jokes that went over the kid's head and me and my teacher partner are sitting up there laughing. <laughs> we think it's great. It's nothing yeah, else. of course. Yeah. You know? and <laughs> kids just really seem to respond to that. It was great. And why did you decide to do all of this before you started reading the book? Like I call it priming the pump. I don't know what you, if you have a name for it. Um, But this idea of like you bringing all the kids together, talking about lawyers and prosecution before you even say, oh, and by the way, we're not Mm going to read this book and we're going to go through it with this lens. Well, I think, you know, part of the, the drive for that was the, the curriculum and the novels that comes with our seventh grade. um, There are a lot of heavy books. Or, you know, there seems to be something sad with each of them. We read the crossover, first of all. And then we got into, we just finished um, the Diary of Anne Frank play before oh, wow. winter break. Mm-hmm. And kids were like, wow, this is like one depressing book after another. <laughs> <laughs> now we're getting to The Outsiders, which oh, you know, doesn't have a great moment. I mean, lots yeah. of great moments. but And so we're like, how do we really get their in- attention and engagement and just re-spark their um, you know, just re-spark their attention after yeah. winter break and get them excited again because it was a long time before winter. Yeah. <laughs> and so what's this look like now? What's the rest of this unit look like? Like you're going to be reading the book. The yeah. kids are picking a character, I think you said, and they're going to look at that character's traits and how that character changes through the book. Yeah. So actually, so each class is divided into three groups. So the okay. groups are around 10 kids each. And they will track the character traits kind of together, but kind of individually. Um, and then they, and they're really, they really need to work on pulling evidence out of the text and working yeah. on explaining that. And so that's really what we're looking for along the way. Um, and then once we kind of get through the novel and they write, they kind of got, they, they're going to regroup as a team and figure out, well, like who found the best claim of evidence for whether mm. this character's innocent or this character's guilty. And then they're going to decide who's going to be the prosecutor, the defense attorney, the witness, or if they want to bring in other witnesses of other characters in the book that we didn't directly write about. Um, and then we're just going to put them on trial. We're going to see who there can argue know. the best, right? Who can persuade that jury of yeah. peers. So the other two groups, while one of the three groups is being, you know, in action, I guess at that moment, the other two are going to be the jury. Oh, very cool. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. And I think persuasion isn't persuasive writing one of your standards too, that you, you have. Yeah, we do do like argumentative. Yeah. Argumentative persuasive. I was going to say, I know that standards in there right around that. (laughs) Yeah. 
Yeah. I've memorized all the standards. That's how I know that. Yeah. No. <laughs> you keep them on your desk at your office all the yeah, time. Yeah, right, right here. They're right here yeah. on the wall. I don't know <laughs> right here. Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, I just work with too many teachers at different levels. I kind of know where everything <laughs> right. falls. Yep. But, uh, very cool. So, so Casey, I love bringing in that authentic stuff for the kids to kind of introduce the idea and get them activated and energized. Um, and having worked with you a little bit, I know you guys are doing some other projects in classes kind of throughout the year. What are some other examples of projects and things that you guys have done similar to that? Yeah, so um, the like I said, the unit we just did before this, we read um, Diary of Anne Frank, yeah, but we read the play version. And so we're toying with the idea of maybe even taking this unit out next year and putting it in our seventh grade drama class. Um, because it's really cool. They, we read the play, but then they had to kind of become the designers. And so they had to analyze, well, first of all, we researched the Holocaust because we didn't know what that was yeah. uh, and got, you know, time, put them in the time frame. So they did a research project. And then once we read the play, they had to um, like design a set or a costume and um, we were very limited about with our supplies and things. So the kids just drew them out and okay. sketched them with their writing piece that they did. And they did um, informational writing with that. Um, but we were hoping that maybe next year, if we put it in the drama program, that kids could actually build the sets and create the costumes. And um, because our drama program puts in a spring musical, but then in the fall they do a play. They just got done doing um, Romeo and Juliet. So we're thinking it'd be really cool to be able to do Anne Frank in the fall and tie very cool. Yeah, awesome. because they, they kept asking, do we really get to make this? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. I wish we could. I want to. Yeah. But this was yeah. the first year that our school has done uh, the Summit Learning Program in seventh and eighth grade. We're piloting it in. Um, made like a choice model for kids in there. So not the whole seventh grade is doing this. So depending on what happens next year, maybe we yeah. can beef it up even more. Cool, cool. Very cool. Are you guys doing some podcasting this year too? Oh yeah. My sixth graders just finished yeah. their podcasts. Awesome. Yeah. Um, I think it went a lot better than last year. So Chris came <laughs> in last year and um, played his podcast that he has with Aaron and um I think the issue last year is we had them write that full argumentative essay and then had them just, write, perform the podcast from that. They just read it. It was very robotic. Yeah. 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 And so this so, year they, they really grabbed onto like the fun aspect of it and not, it didn't have to be perfect, you know, and I got some of the funniest stuff <laughs> And these fake ads that they included, <laughs> awesome. still awesome. making their points. Yeah. You know, I think they had a lot more fun with it this year. And yeah. Cool. I love well, I think there's, there's two things with that. One, yeah. you've done it for two years. So yeah. you, you are, you're just better at setting it up. Right. For sure. uh, and so I think that just, that has a lot to say with just the way that you set it up, the way that things are. The kids have more examples of it. And now you've done a podcast too. So you can say, I've right. done the Oh, you know what though? They keep asking me, they're like, do I get to listen to that? So I got to say shout out to first and fourth hour. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> I love it. It's awesome. It's so yeah. cool. Uh, very cool. Well, I want to thank you. I don't want to keep you too long because I know it's, it's late and you've had a full day work and you've been reading all day and you got to go back tomorrow. So uh, <laughs> what a great episode though. I just love 
the things that you're doing, the way that you're, you're you know, blending the classroom, that, that anytime, anywhere learning stuff, taking advantage of snow days. I think it's something that teachers think a lot about. And I just love that you had a system set up and then were able to cap, capture it and captivate uh, with a captive audience, you know, that was, that was wanting it at home. And you didn't get every kid, but you got way, probably oh. as many as you get during yeah. the day, right? <laughs> yeah, you know what though? It actually turned out, I got the kids in there that hardly did any work mm. on a typical school day, right? Yeah, isn't that funny? Yeah. 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 They might have been the kids farthest behind, but they were there and they yeah. participated. It That's was great. Awesome. Cool. That's so cool. If people want to learn uh, more uh, from you or want to communicate with you, where can they reach out to you? Are you on Twitter or Instagram or where do you write professionally? I have a Twitter. I don't use it very often. I literally just reinstalled it. Um, it is Casey Sunshine with an underscore, I think. All right. Okay. Um, yeah. But I do have an Instagram, a teacher Instagram, and it's blended coffee and class. Ooh, I like it. I'll have to follow that one. She spent some time thinking about that name. Yeah, that's great. I, did. I love yeah. that. That's a really good one. Agonizing yeah. over it. <laughs> Awesome. Well, uh, thank you so much. Uh, Chris, you can be found at tech. I can never get yours right. Tech, tech teach, travel. Heck, teach, tech, travel. Teach, I always travel. want to see yeah. travel, tech, teach. Yeah, I can never remember. Tech first, a couple, tech, tech first, travel yeah. second. Teach first. Teach. Tech first, teach second, travel third. Is that the way that you see your life? Do you see your um, life as like tech is number one, teaching is number two, and you love to travel? Like, I don't, uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if I put them in order, but the, those three for sure are. You apparently didn't spend as much time thinking about I it as Casey. No, did. I didn't. I didn't know I'd be quizzed <laughs> on this. <laughs> well, I was just always wondered. It's always hard because sometimes yeah. I'm like searching for you and I'm like, sure. oh, I know it's tech, travel and teach, but I can't remember <laughs> what the. And there's a few of us out there with the same things. Maybe that yeah. was it. Maybe I was like, well, yeah, that's I don't want to fool you. He does love to travel. I oh, do. I know yeah. he does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Tech teach travel yes on on the on the twitter right yeah yeah uh, so well thank you so much great uh talking with you uh, and we'll make sure all of those contact information and your instagram so people can follow you are in the show notes as well so appreciate it thanks for taking time casey thank is you. great seeing you thanks great seeing you too bye bye Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Shifting Our Schools with your host, Jeff Udick. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit sospodcast.org, facebook.com slash Jeff Udick, and on Twitter at judick. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a review and subscribe, and we'll catch you next time on Shifting Our Schools.